Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello everyone, Jack and Raj here to, well we're basking in the warm glow of a 2-2 defeat to Newcastle. <laughs> how, uh, let's let's dive straight into it mate, like what, how are you feeling? I think I'm just kind of apathetic towards it all now, like it, it's almost expected at some points, so you can see it coming and it's, I think that's the frustration and I've kind of managed to distill my anger and disappointment into like, I'll do two to five semi-angered tweets after a game and I'll just forget it ever happened. Yeah. And kind of just walk away from it. Like, I won't watch the post-match interview. I won't sit and wait for Carragher and Neville to tell me how we've gone wrong or whatever because it's, it's nothing new is going to be within that um, sort of analysis. I don't need to hear people discussing if Harry Kane or Son needs to leave or who we're going to hire next and all that sort of shit because it's it's been done to death now. It's it's hard for us even with a podcast to kind of well, find I'm, a new way um, of coming at the conversation because it's a conversation we, we've just repeatedly had for months now. It's I'm, I'm flip-flopping on him so much, you know. Like, in the course of that, I was just like, fucking get him gone. Like, I'm, I'm bored <laughs> of this now. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm... Yeah, I'm tired of it. I, I really didn't like the post-match stuff when he, you know, same coach, different players. Again, yeah, we sort of touched on it before, all his sort of rhetoric, how he always likes to default back to, I used to have men, real men, Lampard, Terry, Drogba, and I'm like, well, you don't, so do your fucking job and, like, <laughs> get a tune out of this lot. But then I'm also, like you say, dust settles a bit and I end up being a bit like, well... Football's shit. Every literally everyone's shit, and we're because I think what what actually shook me out of this one a bit was seeing uh, a sort of a tweet of yours from a few games ago, where you said something like it's a it's a damning indictment on the Premier League that this Tottenham side are still in touching distance of the of the top four. Yeah, and it, it is really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Are you. Everyone's having a slightly different version of the exact same season. And it's, you know, the outside factors of why are quite clear. The lack of rest and overplaying and, you know, nobody in the stands and essentially training game atmosphere and all that sort of shit all feeds into it. But I think that's a very easy line for us to take as as an apology for this Tottenham season because... This isn't an isolated thing for us. We it's not as if we've just been shit since COVID. This has been what almost two years, yeah. if not more, of us being poor, largely poor, um, and being on a sort of downward trajectory. So it's I don't want to kind of attribute it all to that because that seems 
it seems like a get out of jail free card that they don't really deserve. And like we say, it's 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 a it's a nuanced issue because the coaching and the way they go into these games are, are clearly a problem, but so is several elements of the team. And these are players that didn't improve under Pochettino, who was known for improving players. And, and to a degree, a certain degree, he'll have given up on that squad because he, he clearly had checked out and gone, I need new lads in. I've done what I can with these. I've clearly I've, I've come to a position where I earned the opportunity to build my next Tottenham team and go through another cycle. And we don't need to redo the whole Daniel Levy made the wrong bet sort of conversation again because we know where we stand on that. But Mourinho was brought in, trying to get a tune out of him, and he, he has done. And the weird thing for me is like he did really well for a few weeks at the start right? of the season. Like we we were good. And the concerning thing for me with Mourinho at the minute, and it's something I, I was texting you about earlier on today, is that he trades on his uh, persona and his confidence and being able to instill that within a team and the fact that his teams become a reflection of him and the way they carry themselves and the self-assurance and uh, just that confidence breeds confidence and winning mentality but he doesn't seem to have that confidence in himself there almost seems to be a crisis of confidence within himself which is you know if you were to plot it out between Man United and what came before and getting sat by Chelsea and everything into this job, and the fact that this is probably his, his last hurrah at, at this kind of a level unless somebody abroad wants to give him another shake at it, um, he seems to be second-guessing himself and questioning himself and doing things that he wouldn't have done previously. And of course, there's there's patterns to this and it's things we've seen before, but it's the... It's the fact that he goes to Newcastle playing Steve Bruce and stuff, and there should be a lads, it's Newcastle element to this. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but if you're better than someone and you know you're better than someone, and clearly so, there is no issue in actually being aware of that going into a match and performing that way because Newcastle is, Newcastle is so bad that they will fall into line if a bigger team makes them and they will be more than happy to do so but when you invite people into games and you give them confidence and you're so charitable in the way we are to so many teams this is why we've repeatedly gone into the lead and snapped into games or fallen behind and started to play to our strengths and attacked and stuff look at what happened to them 10 seconds after they fucking scored we've literally put on the first bit of pressure we needed to and they completely folded in on themselves. If they did that for another half an hour, either side of the halves, we could have been three or four up and that game is done and they could have coasted and Newcastle's heads would have gone. You know, they would have heads, you know, heads lolling sort of, wouldn't have had to have broken a sweat for the rest of the game. Harry could have got his hat trick and we wouldn't have been asked and would have gone, oh, piss easy game at Newcastle. That's what it should have been. And I text you this and I take no pride in having text you this. Tim Sherwood would have won that game of football because all that would have needed is a 7 out of 10 attacking performance from Tottenham, do the basics, defend with some attentiveness, watch Alan set maximum when he comes on, keep Joe Linton wide, all that sort of shit. Just literally the bare minimum is all that would have required from Tottenham's talent base 
to have comfortably won that match. And we saw that happen under a manager as basic as Sherwood several times. Mourinho somehow did worse than that by trying to do more. And he's, he's, his methods and the way we're approaching these games mentally is now becoming counterproductive to such an extent that it's spread and you you don't know how they come back from it because it's happened far too many times for it to to look like a solvable problem. I think the thing that, that gets me about him quite a, quite a lot is that, you know, I don't really mind, I don't really care so much if he wants to come in and be ruthless because I think, I think that's what we need. We've said that all along. Like you say, there's, you know, a lot of this is kind of treading over ground that we've been back and forth over now um, across the whole season. But with him, it's just a bit like, just do it. You know, Poch was ruthless. Poch got rid of a lot of players, but he didn't go on about it. He didn't make a big song and dance. He didn't go mm-hmm. out to the press and say, Kapoor's shit, Kabul can't do what I want him to do. And yeah, okay, right, that's that's not a, an overly accurate representation. Mourinho's not calling people out by name, but it doesn't take a genius to work not out. Not yet. No, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, well, he has done in some instances, like with Tangi Ndombele and what have you, but... Deli. Yeah, but... You know, just be ruthless. Do it. If you've got to do it, be do it. But this song and dance, don't play into this shit. You know the press are hungry for anything that you say. To twist it, to do whatever. Like, this circus, I just... It's just it's so disappointing to see it get sucked back into this spiral already. Yet... <laughs> The thing, and I, I'm I'm so loath to to feel this way. Like I really am, because like my my emotional side, my kind of well, yeah, just my my emotional reflex to this whole thing now is this is toxic. The Toby Alderweireld situation is weird. Really the, fucking weird. The yeah, the approach to games is weird. Like you say, I mean, the respect we've gave that Newcastle team is is preposterous. And just just get rid of him. Like uh, you know, I know people will talk about there being a kind of a uh, uh, an insurmountable fee that is attached to his signature of fifteen million pounds a year, and I think I think it'll be fully costed. I think yeah, okay, Daniel Levy is going to be wary of the fact that... It's not like we have to give him 15 million up front as like a but, like a but, lump sum. But, like, he'll get put on bar- garden and leave like yeah. Pochettino. And I mean, it, even, even if we do, I think like one of, the, one of the ways I sort of have tried to quantify this lately, because I was thinking about this, about like, if there's no... Like, how could there not be any, uh, you know, clauses or anything like that in his contract, as has been mm-hmm. kind of reported? But... When you actually think about the what we were talking about, the reasons for signing Mourinho is that we've got a squad that's pretty much there. Mourinho's here to just see if he can get that squad over the line, mm-hmm. and it was a squad that contained the likes of you know, well obviously Kane and Son, but Larice, Alderweireld, players like this. So that are already high tier, high bracket quality players. We've made a few smart acquisitions for, let's be honest, relatively for peanuts. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Mourinho was the marquee signing. 
You know, that's that's the way we look at it. So this idea that like, oh, Levy isn't going to want to write off 30 mil to to sack him. It's like, maybe that's already written off. Maybe that was the mark. Maybe that 30 mil is the 30 mil that would have been given to a different manager had we not gone with Mourinho. Like that, that money's gone and that's that. So maybe we don't need to worry about that. But as much as I'm saying this, like, like I'm saying that emotional knee jerk sort of reaction to this is just get rid of Mourinho. When I actually sort of start to, you know, again, take that step back and try and think about the bigger picture, think about everything that we've, spoken about over you know this season but also that we've seen in the sort of tail end of the Pochettino era pretty much from kind of 17 18 onwards when when we've had Danny Rose talking to the press and we've had Carl Walker leaving to go to Manchester City and we've heard that Eric Dyer wants to leave and that Toby Alderweireld probably wants to leave because there isn't ambition and there isn't Christian Eriksen, another example. You know, the 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 team has been in decline from this point, and mm-hmm. I still, as much as there is this kind of hype around Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann, I'm I'm still not. I I still just cannot escape from this just horrible feeling that that we're not through the necessary worst of it yet and maybe maybe like we do need to go full toxic bloodbath under Mourinho for that to really be hammered home that 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 if he if he does go now and we save ourselves a few more a couple more months of back forth shit result Mourinho being a bit of a dick in a post-match press conference ex-player gets annoyed behind closed doors leaks stuff to the press you know maybe that's just part of it that maybe like the really like the the point needs to be in some way or another really hammered home now that we we can't do this stuff in half measures anymore like we we really need to rip this all up and start again properly because at the moment again and I'm not I'm not saying this is entirely you know truthful it's just my interpretation of the situation but mm-hmm. I still cannot escape from the idea that we sack Mourinho and it just papers over the cracks again we sack Mourinho everyone's happy yay Mourinho's gone the nasty bloke the dinosaur the the dickhead that says stuff about players has gone right New guy comes in, we get a new manager bounce. You know, Wink starts having a few good games again. Sissoko starts playing well again. Whatever, you know, Spurs win a few games. We end the season fifth, valiantly missing out on the top four. And then next season we go again and we just see the same shit repeat itself again because... We've, we've talked about this though, Jack. You know? We know this squad needs a heavy amount of work and the coaching does too. Um, because the bet, like you say, was that he came in and immediately we just won because that team was ready to win, and it clearly isn't. Uh, it appeared it might be for a little while, but we got knocked out of the FA Cup in an almost slapstick manner by Everton. Um, we 
in the League Cup final against the best team in Europe, probably. Which I think uh, we're going to win. I don't know why, but I just do. But well, it, it kind point. of it, it kind of would fit the narrative because then it confuses the situation even further if we fuck that, if we if we win that. Yeah. And that's not me saying I don't want us to win it. I no, no, I know. What you mean. It, yeah, of course. But it does then just give us an additional headache, which I think in a forensic us... sense, I get what you mean. It's like yeah. it's it it. it but that's that is almost that's that's Mourinho, isn't it? That mm-hmm. that's the Mourinho effect of this. Like when I was speaking to Scott, the the United guy, of just just being in this position of like I don't really know where I stand because I don't like him and I don't like so much of this. But I also don't like a lot about our <laughs> our team, yeah. out the way we operate, and mm-hmm. but it's just it's it's so. Uh, it's just disarming. It's yeah. because it it feels totally chaotic in a in a way that it it probably shouldn't. Um, but this kind of comes with the territory as well, just as you're saying that, because we are now being covered and spoken about and um, sort of discussed and part of the news cycle with a person of his stature at the helm in a way that we never have been before, like. Him saying something in a press conference is 20 news stories in a way that it wasn't for anyone else. Pochettino was kind of getting towards that way towards the end of his, his reign at Spurs, but he didn't have that sort of that media pull and, and wasn't that much of an attraction. And given the size of club and everything we're trying to be, this is, we're not going to not experience that again. Like, that microscope is what we have on us now because that's the level we're getting to. We, we're kind of going to have to get used to the fact that supporting Tottenham is going to be a warts and all experience from here on in because there's there's not going to be any periods of silence. There's going to hardly be anything that stays behind closed doors. And the only the only football club of that sort of size I can ever remember operating in any kind of not cloak and dagger, but almost private way was Fergie's Man United. And that's because he had earned that amount of respect and did things in such a way that he could get away with doing that. Nobody else at any other club is getting any sort of privacy or, uh, you know, if, if something happens in Chelsea training tomorrow, it's in the papers yeah. by the end of the day, if not the day after. Same with Arsenal, same with Man United now, all that sort of shit. It's just that's just the way the game is. There's there's nothing that's kept behind closed doors. So I think we kind of need to get away from that impression of things. But going back to your thing about how do we make a thing of it, or does it have to get worse before it gets better? That could be, but that I think that's the long term thing. I think we almost have to hit a very large reset button this summer. And if that is bringing in a new coach and completely fucking the squad off then I, I would almost encourage that and welcome it. It might not be the most fiscally responsible thing we've ever done, but I think for the first time in a long time, the time has come for Daniel Levy to throw caution to the wind and yeah. do things in a way that isn't Levy-like or Tottenham-like. He has to do things that will engage our core personnel and encourage them to want to stay and see a future at the club because it's quite clear at the minute that they do not and they have every reason to not. That Harry Kane performance was single-handed 
um, against Newcastle in in a quite galling way. It was almost like watching two thousands Tottenham getting dragged along by our one good player. Yeah, like it, it really was. That shouldn't be where we are anymore. And if that if we can see that, he can see that, and that's not what he wants. He wants to play with players who are approaching his level. And, and theoretically, we should have plenty of them in the squad. They're just never on the fucking pitch. Um, or the optics the... of that were awful, weren't they, as well? Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? When you when you keep seeing the broadcast cameras showing Deli Alley and Gareth Bale sat there on the bench, and you With think, some... like, yeah, and you're just sort of thinking, I get, you know, as, we, as you touched on at the top, I get that there's nuances to this, but also sometimes, mate, just get them on the fucking pitch. Gareth you know? Bale's been class for Wales for two games. You know. There's no reason, like, other than medically, we don't have midweek games anymore and shit like that. I know he's played a lot of football, but fuck me, give him an hour from the start. Yeah. If he can't hack it past half-time or he's feeling something, take him off, but at least start the bastard. Same with Delhi. Like, I don't understand. Like We go around in these circles with talented footballers and... you. You know, Son came on at halftime, but we weren't playing in a way that would have made anything of him being on the pitch. It's just, that's the frustration, is that that it's so stop-start and it's so sort of... There's no consistency or rhyme and reason, supposedly, to any of it. And a lot of it seems to be personality-led from Mourinho rather than actual skill or tangible footballing assets. It's... It's a way of thinking that just might not be applicable anymore. And obviously, in any walk of life and any job you do, there's going to be people you like and people you don't. But in a management position, surely one of your skills is getting the best out of people, even if you don't think they're a fucking good bloke. Like, we all have to or have at some point worked with people we do not personally like, we wouldn't go for a pint with, we wouldn't invite round to ours. Or... You've been podcasting with one for nearly a decade now, mate. Exactly. So, yeah. we've made We've made the best of a, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. It's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. It is, that's this. There's a heavy-handedness to him that shouldn't be there, and you know, I don't think has been previously in his career, or you know, his methods worked in a different way. And I think the the Mourinho's a dinosaur sort of a thing is a bit overdone because it's again, it just feels too easy. But there is, of course, an element of truth to it, as there is in everything. It's just not as as cut and dry in that, and I would personally love to see like a 10 to 15 player overhaul this summer in terms of fuckloads of them leaving and a few more of them coming in and um, maybe a new coach being put in place. We need a some consistency higher up in the club as well, so a, a director of football, something like that. To That's kind what of, we really need, isn't it? Not a Baldini, but something along those lines of there actually being some joined-up thinking in a sporting sense of where the football club goes so that if a cl- if a coach doesn't work out, we can fuck them off and hire a new one and that isn't completely gone. And there is, the, there is exceptions to that rule. Pochettino did himself become an exception to him. We did build that with... Uh, what was he called before? Was it not Barnett? What was it? There's the the one with his black box from Southampton. Paul Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. Mitch we had Mitchell in. We did that for a couple of seasons. He had a few good signings, a few shitty ones, and it was what it was, and then we got Is to a point where Leipzig now or Dortmund. Yeah, or he's at Leipzig, I think. Yeah. So he's clearly this the you know, he clearly does a good job, but it didn't work for any for some reason with, with Levy. Um and that's that's again a, a story we've heard. 
several times. So they just the problems at Tottenham are bigger than Mourinho, and that doesn't mean he is not himself a problem. That just means we've got more on our plate to fucking deal with than just a mouthy coach. And uh, yeah, I, you're right. It might get worse before it gets better, and that's not something we particularly want to think about because we. We come to this football club for a bit of escapism and joy, but we, we need to find a way of navigating this next year that doesn't see us lose our key and prime assets whilst remaining competitive and moving forward. And that is a very fucking dicey game to be playing because here's the thing. Daniel Levy does not want Tottenham Hotspur to go backwards because it hurts his pocket and that's what he cares about. And if things start hurting him in a pocket and fans become dissentful and there's a chance that people aren't going to turn up to the ground or when they do, they boo or the players aren't going to be there to shift the shirts and, you know, there's people not there that Amazon want to make the documentaries about or, you know, the merchandise and whatever else, all the fucking different plates being spun in a commercial sense that will be digested to him in an email that has a big number at the bottom of it that he's aiming at. If all that shit ain't happening, he will act. And at the minute, that's the direction we're heading in, in the sporting sense and otherwise. So it's going to come to a head sooner rather than later. And it's almost like it kind of feels like this summer is a a shit or bust moment for us. We, We can go 10 paces back this summer. We can lose not only the manager, but several key players. And that will harm us no end um, and that kind of puts us back five years and we, we can't afford to do that because that rebuild process isn't guaranteed, look at Arsenal look at how long it t- took for Man- even Man United but they were able to go out and spend 90 odd million on players here and there and build themselves back up, we, we won't be doing that um, Exactly, same, same with Chelsea right, they can have these seasons where they finish eighth, ninth, whatever, and then they'll just be like, all right, fuck it, bring in a new manager, give him 200 mil, and then they win the league again after yeah. a year or so. I mean, I don't, I personally, I don't think they're going to do that under Tuchel. I'm not, I'm not as sold on him as a lot of people seem to be, and I'm not as sold on a lot of the, their new signings. I think we sort of said no, that from the off. No, but at the same time, like, being a Chelsea fan at the minute, not that I ever would be, but being a Chelsea fan where the owner goes, all right, he's not working, yeah. fuck him off. Or exactly. These players aren't good enough. He is 200 million. That's a far, not healthier, but that seems a far more engaging place to be than um, than what we have, which is, you know, we, we on, on paper, we should be onto a better thing than Chelsea are. But we're not. And that's the frustration. We, in the most Tottenham of fashions possible, we're on to the best thing in our lives we could possibly have ever hoped for for this football club. We've we've spoken about it several times. We've gone into the game aspect of it. We've gone into the squad aspect of it, the stadium aspect of it, the infrastructure aspect of it, the size of the club aspect of it. And we're still fucking miserable. And I don't understand why and I don't like it. And I want I just want to be happy and watch the club play well and fucking actually like what we're doing because it seems crazy to me that we've got all this shit actually going for us and we're still not fucking happy like it's it's mad and it's annoying and it's not what we're here for and i I want it to 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Be different. It is. It's. It is just now coming to that toss-up, isn't it? Of the of the actual success and the echo of glory, because. We are the, the, the what we cannot remove ourselves from, and we cannot lose sight of, is the fact that we are in a cup final. Um, we are within touching distance of the top four still. There's every chance that we can finish out. I'm not entirely sure that we will, but still, in theory, we could do. And for you know, 90% of my Tottenham Hotspur supporting life, 95% probably, that's an incredibly successful season. We've got Harry Kane, him and Son playing some of the football of their lives at the moment. We've got a fucking exciting, promising player in Tangi and Dombele doing fucking madness things constantly. Every time he plays, all right, you know, perhaps the team isn't set up in a way that's getting the best out of him yet but when you just see the moments you know and and let, let's not pretend that yeah we've spoken about this before let's not pretend that it's, it's again it's it's very easy to be all forensic about this and you know what, oh, what's the end product product of this but we all fucking go into the ground we all get suckered in by the you know we are the 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 pick of the lock we are the the chip the 30 yard free kick montages that they put out on the Titantrons beforehand. That's what we are. That's what this club is. That's why when we're talking about all that stuff about, oh, Lamella's Rabona goal doesn't count anymore. Bollocks, it doesn't. Like, what are you telling me? We can't enjoy one of the fucking greatest goals the Premier League's ever seen scored against Arsenal at Arsenal. Like, do me a fucking favour. That's what this club's built on, moments like that. And seeing players like Tangy and Dombele, just like, when you can see these little clips on Twitter, and it'll just be like Tangy doing a madness again today. <laughs> and you can just see him, like, fucking skinning three, four players and then just chipping a perfect fucking crossfield ball through to Son. You're like, fuck me, like... He is something special and yeah, he might be a bit of a luxury player at the moment. I've sort of speculated this myself, but at the same time, like that journey, that's fun. That's what football's about. But then, you know, we're not getting that much fun out of it. And we are maybe going to like win something this year, but I'm like, it didn't feel like, well, it's to me like, you know, we, we, if we win the league cup this year, it'll be fucking grand. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, slapping that in the face but again still like you know and I think to 
something that you know I've seen like just off the top of my head, someone like you know. Windy, he got fucking dug out all over the shop because he said something to the degree of like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade a trophy under Mourinho this year for the Pochettino era. I'm like, well, I don't see why that was such a fucking controversial opinion because it's it's true. Like if we won the League Cup this year, it'd be fucking grand. But what does does that take away from that Champions League final runs that take away from the you know, 14 15 Leicester season or the 15 16 season, the last season at White Hart Lane. Some of the greatest times we've had as as Spurs fans. Like, absolutely unbelievable. And a- anyone else can scoff and say, yeah, what have you won and all this sort of shit. But, like, it, it, it does. And it, 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 I know it all sounds a bit Liverpool. It's all a bit, it means more. But it does, doesn't it? You know, like, yeah. it, this is why I kind of like. I get so triggered by teams like Liverpool in particular because, and I, I don't know if I've said this on the pod, but I think I've said it to you on WhatsApp. Like, I, I almost feel that, like, Liverpool are one of those teams that, like, they want to have it all. Like, and this is what irritates me about them. They have this whole mythology around them being somehow being, like, glorious losers that they're, like... Oh, you've never lost fucking... Any, you. This is the thing, like, people want to... I'm sorry for jumping on your point. No, 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 go for it. But people who want to kind of... And we had this weird... Weirdly, it kind of echoes the conversation we had before the pod started off air about something else entirely, but it almost marries this point um, exactly. And nobody else will understand that reference, but you will. (laughs) Um, But it's almost like they're playing down their own sort of stature within the game to make more of their victories. And I would just like them for one season to fully buy into being a Tottenham fan and actually realising the shit that we go through compared. Uh, honestly, fuck off. Like, it, it, you're talking shit. You've come off how many count... You're one of the two most successful teams in the history of British football. Like, it, it, you're talking shit. Um, and there's... there's and there is an element of us doing the same sort of thing because, like, somebody who supports that fucking... Dover FC or Gillingham or some shit like that. I'll go, oh, you you think you've got it bad as a Tottenham fan and all that sort of stuff. And that's fine, but you are somewhat irrelevant. <laughs> like we it's a it's a different point entirely. Like you you you're talking about your 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 little team there and that's fine, but you know this is a a different kettle of fish sort of a thing. We are doing the embarrassment that you have supporting your shit team on a far grander fucking scale. Like, there's levels to it. Like, being annoyed as a Tottenham fan is different. I understand people's clubs are going out of business and stuff, and I don't want to belittle that, but it it's such a singular, unique experience, and I don't think people really get it, and sort of... I have these conversations quite often with um, with Carl, Carl Anker, who works for the Athletic and covers Man United now, because his dad's a Tottenham fan, and he supports Man United, and he's like, every time we do something stupid, he's like, I don't understand how big of a budget, a, a, a bullet I've dodged, like, because he's grown up in that environment and obviously seen what Tottenham do to people. He has some level of understanding of what it must be like to fucking sit there and suffer through this. Um and obviously didn't have any frame of reference for that for the majority of his life until Man United became mortal again. So it's it's just weird and annoying and sort of yeah, I, I don't I don't see how anyone else because even like we we take the piss out of Everton and call them scouse Spurs and stuff. 
they've got league titles in their sort of like living memory of the majority of their fans. The generation of Tottenham fans that will remember us winning anything significant are going to die out sooner rather than later. And COVID's going to done a good job of getting rid of quite a fucking few of them. So it's, 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 yeah. The the point you're making is exact, and it, it does piss me off in a very similar way. And uh, I think every fan base has got their own sort of, oh, you don't get it, what it's like to support this team sort of a thing. But I think our resume and our fucking laundry list of shit what we've been through and fucking had and all that sort of shit is is as extensive and as painful and as annoying and as sort of cringeworthy and hilarious and self-deprecating and everything as, as anyone else has ever had. And, um, yeah, that's that's that point. I just, you know, I think, and it's obviously like it resonated with a lot of people, but one of the points you made in the article that you wrote not long ago about like essentially that Pochettino's overachievement has <laughs> has almost fucked us, you know, like it, it's just completely shifted the identity in the mind's eye of a lot of people, neutrals included, uh-huh. as to who or what Tottenham are and what we should be achieving. And it's, it has left us in this place of like, well, we've now got this massive stadium and we want to be in a kind of conversation with this. I'm not saying we do as a fan base or whatever, but I'm just talking about the business. Royal we. Yeah, of this European Super League, should it get off the ground and further decimate sort of the landscape and soul of football. Um, Because we want to keep up. We don't want to become some obsolete club. We don't want to become a Nottingham Forest, a a Derby County, a West Bromwich Albion. You know, all these sort of like big names of yesteryear that, that... don't exist anymore. Even leads to a degree, you know, yep. and that's and Spurs easily could have become that. And we have sort of made that pact with the devil. We bulldozed our spiritual home, and yeah, we've been lucky. We built the new ground in exactly the same place, and we do get the match day ritual and all that type of thing. But the club is irreversibly a different entity nowadays. Um, and I guess there's a there's a certain act- you, you you lose the charm of yeah you do of that because and that's what Pochettino the, was right he was the dying yeah. embers of that we could do the West Ham thing of oh we're we're punching up and we're doing all this sort of shit and you know we we've got this little ground we sell out and you know we're all diehards that come here but we don't have that optic anymore we we're a tourist attraction yeah and we we're fucking we've built a spaceship in. The middle of Tottenham and we've got a spaceship that you can people. spend fucking forty quid to walk around the top of. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. That's like, what I mean by a tourist attraction. Like I've done that thing, and people were there that probably don't know what Tottenham is or who they are. It's come up on a fucking like listicle that they can <laughs> things to do in London. Go and see the um, big stadium, like like we do yeah. when I when I walk around the New Camp or whatever. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. It's and and that's what we are now. But it's it's so yeah. But what I'm, the the point that I'm trying to make of that is when we were shit and we were shit as the club we used to be ten years ago. It kind of fit, and there was a almost a charm of it of oh look we we've we've 
almost done it. We've had a crack. Um, we'll, you know, regather ourselves and go again. Now it's just embarrassing. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a completely different thing. Like we can't l- pretend we're little old Tottenham anymore because we're not, and we don't no. we don't want to be either. This isn't me wishing away what we've become because I don't. I I thoroughly enjoy the fact that. A modern Tottenham crisis is the fact that we might not get to play in the Champions League and our £200 million striker might leave. It's thoroughly better than what I was used to when I grew up. But it's still not fun. <laughs> like, it's still annoying. Like we, we, we could still be better and should be better. And... and it's also, though, like, but just from what you say, it's like, is it actually better, though? You know, th- and this yeah. is kind of what I'm... I'm sort of asking myself is like, because I get it. And again, this isn't like some like Levy out, sack the board because we we spoke about Levy the other week. He's done fucking magnificent work for Tottenham in some respects and things. But to your point on the top end of this pod of like, now's the time to throw caution to the wind. I think his part to play in all of this is that he, he's, he's, worked hard you cannot fault him for that to to elevate Tottenham to a place that we shouldn't have been you know maybe he got lucky with Pochettino maybe he didn't whatever he he appointed him he 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 brought him in at the right time and the rest is history and we are where we are now and we've built around that but the, the next part of this process is now as you say it's like yeah we've been hit by COVID that's it, it, it is a it is a roadblock, if you like, to a degree. But at the same time, you know, is that going to stop a lot of these other clubs? And we can talk about clubs having the mineral wealth of a nation behind them. But at the same time, you know, we are the we're a team that's not short of a few bob. We've got a, an owner that is uh you know reputably living in exile from tax and what have you who's one of the richest men on the face of the planet like you know lads like you you keep telling us we've got to pay more and pay more for shirts and pay more for tickets and support the club by doing the skywalk and doing this and doing that then throw caution to the wind realize You've built you've built this rod for your own back. You've built this brand. You've built this club. You want to punch at this level. Now you've got to start dropping the two hundred mil. You just have to like you have to do it. You don't get it all. You don't get to hire Jose Mourinho and then say, "Here's a fifteen million pound part exchange midfielder from Southampton, and here's a ten million pound winger called Jack Clark that nobody had fucking heard of." try and make something from these players because we ain't we ain't the the Tottenham that bought Michael Dawson or Carl Walker on a whim that yeah okay we've scouted them and they've shown that they're going to be potentially good but mm-hmm. we're not in that place anymore we do need more of these off the peg transfers if we're going to compete is, at this level it's... I don't think we're the type of mental fan base that'll be sat around going oh why is uh, Mina Rayola and uh Alfinger Harlan not coming around to speak to Daniel Levy. Like, we ain't that fucking deluded. But we want something, someone to make the team better. Like, we should be, like, somebody like Basuma from Brighton or something like that. 
We should just go, oh, how much do you want for him? Oh, you want 25, 30 million for him? Yeah, fine, fuck it. We shouldn't be trying to negotiate him down. Like, they're a shit team. They've got a good player who would improve us. Here's the money for him. Like, that's where we should be now. That's apparently the trade-off we've made to be to be at this level is to put ourselves in the position where we can make the team better year on year and compete as a result. Like we will still have to recruit intelligently because we can't swing our dick with the oils, monies and the Saudis and everything else. We just can't. And it would be stupid of us to even attempt to yeah. because, you know, it's, it's, you're on a hide into nothing. But we, we can be better than that. We have been smarter than that before. We have bought players that are of a level that are undervalued and made better of them. And, and we just need to be doing that more often. We, I don't understand how they are so poor in the market. I don't understand well, how uh, fucking... Uh, like you're saying... What's, his, what's the ball cunt called? Not Levy, the other one. Uh, <laughs> um... Oh, Christ, I, Mr. I hate my job, Hitchens. Yeah, Hitchens. How are you still in a job, right? I've no idea. Can, can you imagine, like, mate, I was thinking about this the other day, like, can you imagine how fucking uninspired? Imagine him sh- rocking up at Dybala's place. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, hello, Paolo. Do you, come and sign for Tottenham Hotspur. Okay, convince me. Why should I come to Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, don't know. Do you know what I mean? He's got that mm. sort of energy about him where you just think, what the fuck, like, you, you're literally on something like All or Nothing, produced by Amazon. Like, you know it's a global branding exercise. And you're there giving this dour fucking dog shit interview. Like, trying to get the cheap, like, wheeler dealer, I hate my job, I do, sort of laughs out of it. Like, fuck off. Like... What is this? What the fuck? Like, I'm... His entire job is transfers, and he said yeah. one of the things he hates is transfers. Fuck off, then, mate. You know, like it's it's it's, you know, it's not your money. <laughs> exactly. But I, I mean, to to this point though, like you're saying, like I agree with you, but um, it, it, it's kind of, and I don't want, yeah, exactly. I don't want anyone listening to think from my sort of rant before I am being like, why aren't we in for you know for. Haaland or Sancho or Mbappe you know it's it's not that sort of level but my thing more is like the the level below know, that we can well, scalp one or two well, of them mate, look at it like someone like someone like Max Ahrens we obviously wanted him we've obviously needed a right back he the plays lad, for Norwich in yeah. the championship how the fuck can we not pull that exactly. off exactly they want like they want 20 mil or whatever it is from us oh we're not being held to ransom by a club like they're gonna fucking do that to us don't you like you must understand this now. We're a club of that level. They are going to treat us with that level of contempt. But unfortunately, we just have to do that. It's not like the old days when we can say to them, look, lads, you're not talking to Manchester United or Chelsea or someone here. It's Spurs. Come on, let, let's get real about this. We'll give Max a good view. They don't give a fuck about that. They see us in a big stadium with a Nike kit deal, with an Amazon documentary, and they think, you want our best prospect, fucking pay up. And then we'll get annoyed because in, what, probably this summer or next summer, Leicester will fucking sign him or whoever will sign him and he'll end up being worth 50, 60 million pounds and then City will go on and buy him off of them for that amount of money. And we've missed out again, you know? And we just 
need to stop this fucking bullshit, this protracted stuff that we keep doing. We cannot operate in that way anymore. And I know this is this is turning into like a big sort of like Levy outrun. I, I really don't want it to to seem that way because I'm I don't actually hold that much animosity or towards the board like or anything no. like that because but, we're in this situation everything that we're saying like you say when you reference that article is because we've come on so far like 90 percent of the club we used to support is now streets and miles and light years ahead of what it used to be but for some reason there's that part of it that's still stuck in the mud and it shouldn't be it should everything should move in tandem everything should move at once and do so in a in a logical manner like i say like just because we spent a billion pound on a stadium doesn't now make our fan base believe we're real madrid or anything like we still have our place in the pecking order but we shouldn't be like you say Leicester's a perfect example we shouldn't be getting outsmarted and out recruited by Leicester because we are a more attractive prospect than them in any conceivable way. We should be a we should be a destination club for ninety percent of footballers in the world. There are some footballers who will be out of our touch and may forever be out of our touch unless they come through our academy. We may never see a footballer as good as Harry Kane ever play for Tottenham again. And the only reason he plays for Tottenham is because he was always from within us. If he was anywhere else in the world, that sort of talent would touch Tottenham. And that's just a fact of it. Or we get him when he's fucking 16 and we take a punt on him like we did Dalielli or something like that. Like We ain't buying a ready-made player of, of his level, maybe ever, because there's just going to be other destinations and other places for him. That's just just the way it works. That's the way of the world. I mean, maybe, but we can get the level below yeah. that. Like Dybala, we 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 were clearly in for him, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. But he's unsettled in Juventus. He wants to go elsewhere. He's not going to fit in really anywhere else, and and be an immediate starter really, unless somebody else moves and all that sort of shit. If you want to, if the boy wants to play football and he wants to do it on a good level and a, on the biggest stage and prove himself and all that sort of shit, and England's an attraction, London's an attraction, the wages we can pay possibly are an attraction, all that sort of shit. Fucking buy him. He'll sell shirts. He'll do all the shit you want him to. Just, just fucking do something. I think to 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 spin this into a positive because like when I do when I do think about this and it's just I guess it's over the course of this podcast when we're talking about it it just seems to be that and, and this is probably just a natural state of flux in terms of as Tottenham transition from what we always were a kind of also ran to now being at this top table is. Everything is there. Everything is in place. We've got, for the most part, the fucking quality players. Yeah, we need to we need to add a few kind of solid kind of options here and there. Things that can be remedied. You know, when you when you actually take that step back from oh, Winks isn't good enough, or our defence is falling to pieces, or whatever. But you know, add one big sort of high value centre back into there, and then what? Davinson Sanchez breeds off of the confidence of that player. And then you see him become the £46 million signing that we Who's made. Who's that guy and... we wanted from Inter in the summer? Like, we were offering, what, 35 and they wanted 40, 45 yeah. for him or something. you know, like... Just pay the fucking money, man. Yeah, and, you know, but it, it seems to be that, you know, we, we got up to the line with 
kind of on the pitch. We start to believe and then we just fall back. We get to the line like in terms of like with transfers and then we just fall back. And it just seems to be now that everything is there. And probably even as fans, the players, the board, everybody, I think we just all need to just take that step and realise now that we are a big club and we just need to act accordingly. And that's... And once we start there, doing there that, are, when it, it is aligns... growing pains, isn't it? It is growing pains. And maybe something... Yeah, we've spoken about this necessary evil. <coughs> Even if it is just, just a League Cup, if we win it this year and we beat Manchester City and it's Mourinho that's delivered it, maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just that tipping point of like, right, that's it. That's the sort of the touch paper lit. Let's just fucking go on from here, you know? And things start to change, you know? Who knows? It, yeah, it's, it's the thinking around the club, and that's the annoying thing, is that so much of of what our problem is and what the issue is, is that it's intangible and it's pie-in-the-sky sort of shit, and it's it's about mentality and and stature and, and sort of the way you carry yourself and the way you operate rather than pointing to one thing that is clearly identifiable and going, we fixed that, we fixed the club. There's just, there's certain facets of what we do and who we are that we need to bring up to speed and they are holding us back. And and that's why sort of when people seem to, you know, pass off a new manager as if that's the magic bullet that fixes everything, it's, it's not. Um, it might help momentarily or, or short term, but it's not. We will still all those other issues that we've just spoken about for an hour will still be there, and we kind of need to. The time's coming to pull us fucking socks up because if you don't, then you lose the likes of Hurricane and Delielli and uh, Hugo Lloris and whoever else, and they're not the players you want to be losing. You want to lose the players that you can afford to lose and bring in players that are going to drive the club forward and actually give us something engaging to support and um, believe in again. Because at the minute, antipathy is is the worst thing for a football team. Uh, If we hate Tottenham or we love Tottenham, we are engaged with them. And at the minute, uh, my engagement with them is slipping in a way that... I'm a prime candidate for what the football club wants to do in that you make a pretty kit, you do you play in certain places, you do this, you do that. I will I will back up my supportership with public support and fiscal support because you can make a mug out of me in that sense because I am primed for that in the way that many people are because for some reason it sends something into my brain that gives me joy and I find meaning and yeah. belonging in it and it's probably stupid but we're fucking apes so come and take advantage of me yeah. but you're not you are actively disengaging me by being irresponsible and sort of incompetent and that is something that we can ill afford as both a business and most importantly a sporting institution and the people in charge ought to know better because if that's what we're feeling like that's what their key assets are feeling like that's what's gonna set in a malaise and a rot and once that's in place that's really fucking hard to get out of 
couldn't have put it better myself, mate. Um, and on that depressing note... Exactly. If you have enjoyed this listen, or if it has at least proved cathartic... Please take the toaster out of the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, You know, we are in a cup final. There's plenty to look forward to. You do still support... Skywalks open on Monday. Exactly. You support the greatest team that's ever existed. It does mean more to us. We've got a fucking echo of glory. Even if we win fuck all. It's a very, very faint one. We're fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, just just think about think about the Rabona. Think about fucking Harry Kane smashing all and sundry all over the shop. He still plays you, he plays in your shirt. It's all fucking grand. We're Tottenham Hotspur. Like and subscribe, all that <laughs> sort of shit. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.